You're listening to Catholic Ed Talks from the Department of Catholic Education in the Holy Diocese of Toledo with your host, the Senior Director of Catholic Education, Matt Daniels. Welcome to Catholic Ed Talks. I'm Matt Daniels. We're so glad that you're here listening with us. This show, we have two guest speakers, Jake Johnson and Peggy Reel, both department team members, and we're so excited uh, for this first episode, and we're glad you're here listening with us. So Catholic Ed Talks is the result of some work that we've been doing with a diocesan strategic plan. So Catholic education is one of the four, one of the six pillars of the diocesan strategic plan, and here's our goal for the next three years. Enhance faith formation of teachers and students, maintain educational excellence, and instill gospel values while promoting enrollment and sustainable funding models. We thought one of the best ways to help implement marketing and inspire parent and family engagement was to tell people about the great things that are happening in our Catholic schools as often as we can. There's It's so many... Um, so often that people will share with me um, an incredible story, something fun, something touching, something where we see the Holy Spirit working in our Catholic schools, with our Catholic homeschooling families, or in our catechetical classes, that we thought this could be a great stage, a great avenue to share those with as many people as we can. I'd just like to share one quick story from my time as a principal. I was in a kindergarten classroom as a substitute teacher. Um, The teacher had to go home early because she was sick, and I said, don't call a sub, I'll take care of it. And uh, we were finishing the day, it was the end of the day, and the kindergarten class, they typically will pray the angel of God prayer at the end. So we all turn to the crucifix, we make the sign of the cross, and we start the prayer, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love entrusts me here. And that's how I've grown to know the, the prayer. And um, there was a small voice from the other side of the room who let me know that I had prayed the prayer incorrectly. And this voice, it wasn't a small voice, this voice yells, It's commits! And I was startled because of how forceful and how um, kind of angry that this voice was. And I look over and... Uh, at this uh, kindergarten student who had corrected me in my improper use of the verb, and it was my daughter. It was my own daughter who was yelling at me that it's not in trust, it's commits. Um, What I take from that story is that the prayer is so important to her, and it's so important that it's done and said the right way, um, that she didn't care who it was, um, her dad or the principal or both, um, that she was willing to correct me uh, to make sure that that prayer was prayed the right way. Um, every single day in our Catholic schools, um, in Catholic education in general in the diocese, I think we do an excellent job of um, showing our young people um, what it means to pray and why it's important to pray and what a prayer life looks like. And that's really, again, the point of this entire show is to highlight those situations highlight those incredible stories of why we love Catholic education. In this show, we feature Jake Johnson, who's our director of Catholic School Mission. Jake just came on our team in 
uh, July, and we're excited to have him here. He comes with a array of knowledge from Catholic education, and um, this first interview with Jake we recorded a little bit ago, um, but we wanted to, to interview Jake and see his perspective on Catholic school mission. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful September, soon to be September day here, and uh, just the, it, it's a, always a great, great time up here on the uh, seventh floor of the uh, of the pastoral center. So we're excited to be here. Well, Jake, we're so glad that you're with us, um, both in this uh, new adventure of a radio and podcast program, but also as part of our team. And so maybe the first thing to do is, could you just tell us a little bit about? Um, like who you are and where you're from and your family, just help us get to know you a little bit better. Well, I grew up in uh, grew up out 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 near Swanton, um, member of uh, Holy Trinity Parish in Assumption. Um, father of four kids: Will, Leah, Luke, and Dan, uh, and they're all students at Holy Trinity. Um, and uh, my beautiful wife Andrea and I have been married for it's been 14 years, and she is a uh, administrator out at Pike Delta York Schools. And just uh, so that everyone knows, uh, I got to know Jake and his family when I was principal at Holy Trinity. Um, they had just moved back from uh, from Sydney, Ohio, and it was a blessing to get to know them uh, as serving as their principal. And now it's awesome that Jake and I get to work together um, up here and for for all the Catholic schools. Um, so yeah, Jake, we, we had stopped in on it was uh, it was Father's Day. Uh, Matt met us up after after mass and uh, kind of a nice Father's Day gift for for a principal to get four brand new kids enrolled right right into a school. So that's that was that was fun for fun for us and probably pretty fun for you as well. It was the most exciting spring afternoon that I had had um, <laughs> to have uh, the potential of a family of four. It was like, oh, my gosh, it was just wonderful. Um, and then once I got to know you and and your family, it, was icing on the cake. It was a great family and um, a large family to boot, which is always it's a it's a win win. So, Jake, tell us a little bit about um, your journey through Catholic education. I think you have a really unique. Um, you've come to to work with us, I think, in a in a unique way. But tell us about how that journey started and kind of what got you to where you are now. Catholic education has really been. Uh, a focal point for for not only my immediate family, um, but through really generations. Um, my grandfather, like uh, well, my grandparents, they had fourteen kids. Um, my dad was was the oldest, and uh, the youngest is actually just a few years older than I am. Um, so just big families. But despite the fact that um, there were a tremendous number of sacrifices that 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 had to happen, but all those kids went through Catholic elementary. All those kids went went through Catholic school, and mom and dad did the same for my sisters and I. Um, I was um, blessed to not only be able to go go through Holy Trinity, um, but was able to go to St. John's. My sisters both both went to Notre Dame Academy, um, and I was able to further my education in in Catholic education by um, getting the opportunity to go to Xavier, Xavier University down in Cincinnati. Um, started off, once I got into teaching, I was in Cincinnati Public Schools for a few years, 
you know, that the, the typical history teacher type, type gig where I'll take any job that you're able to give me. So if you want me to be a building sub and walk around the walkie talkie and, um, it was a, uh, a big learning opportunity here. Here's the, here's the country boy from, from Swanton. And now you're going to put me right in the middle of, of downtown Cincinnati working at, at, uh, um, Hughes high school. And, uh, the, uh, the, the year there was very eye opening for me, um, and wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Um, but was able to then get an opportunity. Actually, one of my professors, um, back, back at Xavier, Jim Yurig was the department chair at Roger Bacon high school. And they had a social studies position open up, a late social studies position open up, and I was able to jump jump on that and uh, worked with uh, worked with uh, Dr. Yurig for a number of years, um, and uh, Father Father Bossy was there as well. Uh, your typical social studies teacher coached uh, freshman football, and uh, and just a, a, a great experience. And that was really one of those. One of those types of things where, and I've referenced this a number of years with teachers that I've been able to work with, um, friends that I, I've been able to be able to work with. Um, but despite the fact that that was my first teaching experience, it was really my first experience getting involved in leadership. Our head, our head football coach, Dan Starkey, long, long time football coach and just, just a great, great person, um, came up to me one day and just said, you know what, we want you to be we want you to be our, our, our head freshman football coach. No desire to do anything along those lines. I was happy just to be an assistant. Um, but he said, simply put, we need people like you to be able to take on leadership roles. We need people like you that are willing to take on big, big risks because we need those big rewards. Um, and if it wasn't for that, that opportunity, I probably would have never gotten into administration. Um, and which is really where it led, led us next. Uh, when Andrew and I were married in 2004, uh, we decided that it would be a, a good move for us to be halfway between where she grew up in Cincinnati and where I grew up up here in the Toledo area. So we ended up in Sydney. Um, and I worked for uh, Mike Barhorst, who was at, at the time the principal and president of uh, Lehman Catholic High School in Sydney, and uh, took on a position there as an assistant principal. Uh, was there for about about ten years, taking on a variety of roles, anything from from athletics um, to 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 our um, assistant principal roles of of academics to technology coordinator to transportation guru. It's just it's your typical Catholic Catholic education position. You wear a lot of hats, um, and just incredible experiences there. And uh, still, some very close connections with uh, with kids that uh, um, kids and parents and families that um, not only had a, that I had an had an opportunity to watch them grow up, but they really had an opportunity to watch me grow into the position. And it's it's been fun to see that all those roles that 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 I've had in the past, how all that has really come to a culmination for this particular position. Um, as being a director of Catholic School Mission, um, there's not really one one particular role that it's definitely going to fill. Um, it is kind of a, a hodgepodge of positions and a variety of a variety of skills and a variety of opportunities to really go out 
and assist our Catholic schools. But um, when we had the opportunity to move back here five years ago and bought the same house that that I grew, grew up in, and naturally that was the idea was to get get our kids involved in Catholic Ed as well. Um, they were going to Holy Angels down in Sydney, but for them to come back here and to go to the same school that I graduated from, um, for them to have some of the same teachers that that I had as well, um, for them to really come full circle, um, for them to really be able to see just what it is to be part of a of a church community, um, and that's both the good and the bad. My I think my my oldest would tell you that he can't get away with anything because. You and mom, and especially grandma, you guys know everybody. We're like, well, you're right. Good luck with that. Um, but there's there's the great parts of that as well. Uh, the closeness of our of our parish community, the way that that we're able to come together for families that are in need, um, families that are struggling, and really just families in need to celebrate their successes. Um, it's just an incredible community, and uh, we're very fortunate to not only be part of it, but to be able to um, to enhance it as well. I feel. Yeah. So, so I can echo those sentiments, especially at Holy Trinity, because so we were in Cleveland and we moved back, and really we could we had our pick of kind of anywhere to go um, in the Toledo area, and. You know, for us, that familiar um, aspect was so unique, we thought, at Holy Trinity and um, made such an impact on us when we had been there when I was serving as principal that um, it was really like a no-brainer for us. And and um, I think that's something that Catholic schools in general are really good at, is creating uh, these um, uh, moments and, and communities that are so familiar um, that you really feel comfortable with your kids um, being part of um, a community that, like, of trust and of faith and of love. And, and you know, that's what makes us, I think, so unique in what we do and um, why, we, why we love those, these places, you know, why they're so special to us um, and why we want to share them with our kids, right? I'm a, I'm a little bit jealous of my own kids because I d- wasn't raised Catholic and therefore didn't go to a Catholic school. Um, and I get to hear and see what the things that they get to do and experience. And I'm a little bit jealous, um, because I didn't have that, but, um, yeah, I, w- I would echo those sentiments. So, so you have a really, um, I mean, I think your story is just amazing that, um, Catholic school educated, um, from elementary school through college and the, um, um, uh, even the way that you found your your way back to Toledo, back to your home, um, is just amazing. So, can you tell us a, a quick, um, maybe give us a moment um, within your your experience in Catholic education that um, has been significant, or moments um, where you've experienced God's grace and God's love um, through your your time in Catholic education? Yeah, you know, there, there's certainly a lot of a lot of stories and a lot of situations that that come to mind. Um, I think one in particular um, is something that I feel is very unique. Um, the types of things that that can really only happen at a uh, at a, at a Catholic school. Um, 
one in particular, um, we had a, uh, we experienced the loss of a student uh, when I was down at, uh, at Lehman High School in Sydney. Um, it was a, a car accident. One of our students and his dad, it was uh, Sunday afternoon. I actually, uh, my family and I, we were sitting behind them at Mass. Um, and, you know, we went to the Spot restaurant and they went to Walmart. And um, we were sitting, sitting downtown having breakfast. We saw the ambulances take off. Didn't really think much of it until I get home and get a call from our, our school principal saying that, that there had, had been an accident. Um, and uh, our student had lost his life, um, and his father was in critical condition as well. And for all that to happen in, over the course of a Sunday afternoon, and you know, you're, you're struggling the rest of the day thinking, what is Monday morning going to feel like? What is it going to look like? What are we going to tell those kids when they either have heard about it because it wasn't that long ago, so obviously social, social media was definitely a factor in all this, but we needed to give the kids something to do. When they walked in the door, we needed to be able to grieve. We needed to be able to support each other. Um, and, uh, you know, the solution was simple. We weren't going to go to, go to homeroom. We weren't going to go to class. We weren't going to do anything. We were just going to go to the chapel. And we met the kids at the uh, front door and the entire student body. Not that big of a chapel. Uh, and we packed it. Everybody walked in the front door. You can imagine what that, that, that would have felt like, what, what that, that would have sounded like. It sounded pretty silent. And everybody walked in, into the school. We all met within the chapel. And we did nothing more than just pray together. It was a good opportunity for the kids to say, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel right now. I don't know how I'm supposed to grieve, how I'm supposed to handle this. But you know what? We're all, we're all in, in this situation together. For us to be able to pray together as a school um, was just incredibly powerful. Um, the funeral, of course, took place um, a few days later. Uh, we were able to, to, to do the funeral there within the school. Um, but when we're trying to handle that type of situation ourselves as adults, as faculty members, um, and as we're trying to help our, our students through it all, that is the that's the unique situation and the situation that we as parents, we can, our, our children can be part of that type of experience where they're able to, to grieve and come to a greater understanding of loss, but at the same time understand their role and God's role in that entire situation. And it is something that is very unique to Catholic schools that not only are, are we able to, to celebrate together, I mean, but it's, it's Friday night, it's the opening weekend of Friday night football. Um, there's going to be big crowds at, at Central and big crowds over at Stretch, and, um, and we're going to celebrate together. We know how to do that. Um, but how we're able to, um, to grieve together, to support one another, it's just something that I, I, that I feel just really sets our schools apart and, sets up and, and really can set the tone for that, that type of Catholic identity. When you walk in, into a school and you feel that sense of family, whether it's the elementary school or the high school, that, that sense of family, that sense of community, that we are 
all one in Christ. It's incredibly powerful. That's such a such a difficult situation, and I can't imagine the. Um, I mean, just trying to um, deal with that as a community, and and like wrap your head around um, like the loss of a young person is just so difficult. But at the same time, like you said, you know, there's there's like in moments of of darkness and of grief, like Christ provides hope and i think as a catholic institution as a catholic school um thank god that we have the ability to provide that hope and to remind people that there is hope um in situations that seem nasty and dark and maybe you know where there is no hope right and and i you know in a sense i think it's also a metaphor for like like we have the opportunity in Catholic education to provide a lens of of viewing the world through our faith, and no matter what it is, whether it's celebrating or grieving, that part of what we do, and and I think what we've done really well um, for a long time, is to provide that lens of viewing the world through the eyes of of a faithful Catholic, a faithful Christian, um, and thank God that we have this ability to to minister to young people and to to help educate them to uh show them that way um through our buildings that we do every day right well thank you for that story um another another question i've been thinking about is um <laughs> you know so i'm not that uh, you know i started in november so it's it hasn't even been a year yet um but i can uh, think about my first month and the first couple weeks of when i started I'm sure you're you've been inundated uh, with things, you know, questions about like what to do next and where to focus time and where to um, like what are the most important initiatives to start. So, kind of as a new person, you started what a month a month ago, not even a full month yet. Um, what are some of the areas that you feel most excited to focus some of your energy and some of your time in your new position um, working here for the department? Um, but also serving our Catholic schools. We, as part of our strategic plan here, um, there's uh, one one of the areas and aspects that I'm I, I will will be able to help out and assist with is the financial piece. Um, being able to go into schools and being able to help out and be and be an assistance to our principals, to our business business managers. Um, in one of those particular areas, uh, we were able to provide for our schools a, a financial snapshot of where they, where they currently are, and we call those the indices of vitality. Um, those indices were developed through, um, through efforts down at the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, something I was familiar with while I was teaching down in, in the area. Um, but the, the idea there is that there are a number of a number of key financial indicators, things beyond just what's the kindergarten enrollment or what are your expenditures? What are you bringing in in terms of title money? What uh, are you exhausting all your opportunities in terms of the uh, ed, ed choice programs for your students? Um, but a number of, of other factors that when you begin to take a look at a school's overall picture, there are there are, are some certain numbers and certain factors that that can not only give us a good idea of where the school is currently, but what are some of the challenges that that school may may be facing in the near future. 
Um, and the whole concept of the indices of, of vitality and that financial piece is to try to keep our schools as financially viable um, in good economic periods, as well as make preparations for if, if there is a recession, if there is a down, down, downturn, if, if there is something that was to happen within the parish. Um, bottom line is we want our Catholic schools to be able to grow, to be able to thrive. And uh, that's one of the areas I'm definitely able and uh, excited to be able to work with. The other part of it is um, I'm actually pretty excited about this being in athletics for a number of years. Uh, my last position, I, I was a uh, athletic director at a public school. With, um, that was the, the first job that I had when when we moved up to the, back up to the area um, is to be able to help our schools with fundraising. As a father of four kids. We're either, we're either selling coupon books or cookie dough, or you know, or, or we're selling patrons for for the musical, and um, you know, and that's that's part part of the experience. But you know, one of the things that that schools definitely run run into is we all seem to do very similar fundraisers, um, and how we go about and conduct those fundraisers. Um, some are more beneficial than others. Um, some, if they were to have a reverse auction, um, they might be able to bring in $5,000. We have others in similar communities that do a couple things differently and they're able to bring in twice, twice that, that, that amount of money, that sharing of ideas, um, for the overall benefit of the schools, for the overall benefit of our kids is something that I'm really looking forward to doing. And so I'll be, I'll be pulling and surveying, our, our principals, our booster organizations. And I'm sure that the principal will most likely say, well, I don't really handle this particular fundraiser, but I've got this parent and she's just the dynamo. She really knows every, all the ins and outs of this particular auction or this particular reverse raffle and getting in contact with those people and just pulling some of their ideas and then being able to share that as a guidebook, almost a handbook for for all, all of our schools to be able to see that, you know what, we're looking, we're looking at coming up with a new fundraiser. I wonder what so-and-so is doing. It's going to be there within the book. Not so much giving out all the secrets, but um, being able to, to, to have, have a guide and a con- list of contact information for folks to be able to pull from. It's such an important aspect, I think, of education in general where we get to look at bright spots that are, um, you know, throughout, let's say, our diocese, you know, moments uh, and buildings and opportunities that we know are working well, and then sharing those as resources to uh, whoever else is looking for um, learning more, doing more, or fundraising more, which who isn't, right, um, for those situations. And um, I'm excited to see see that product and see what it looks like when it's done, and um, certainly speaks directly toward the mission, right? If, if we're not able to fund the mission, then it can't exist at all. So um, certainly an area that um, is essential to uh, ministry and certainly Catholic education. So so we're speaking with Jake Johnson, the, the new director of Catholic School Mission uh, in the Diocese of Toledo um, for the Department of Catholic Education. Jake, thank you so much for your time and for uh, your sharing some thoughts with us and uh, your story uh, we're so blessed to have you as part of our team and part of our, our diocese. Thank you so much for this opportunity and uh, looking forward to meeting uh, more of our, of our principals and community members throughout the entire diocese. Um, it's uh, 
it certainly is a job that you will never be be bored in. Um, and that's something that when I signed on to be an administrator, this is the type type of position that I think that I, I can provide the most experience and, and mo- most benefit to. So I'm excited and thanks for having me. Thanks, Jake. I also had a chance to have a conversation with Peggy Real, who's also a team member in the Department of Catholic Education. Peggy and I talk about faith and reason and where that intersects in a new pilot program that we're introducing to some of our schools. I'm here now with Peggy Real. Uh, Peggy is one of our uh, valued team members in the Department of Catholic Education. Um, Peggy, thanks so much for uh, being part of this inaugural uh, podcast and uh, this idea that we have for uh, sending out the message of Catholic education to as many people as we can. Um, And so maybe you could just start out by telling us a little bit um, about your journey in Catholic education. Thank you. I'm excited to be here this morning. It's fun to be a part of the team. Um, I've been very blessed to be with the office for about six years now. I was a teacher, first of all, in second grade, and I taught at St. Hedwig's down in an old Polish town in Toledo when I first started. And then I was at Jesu for six years teaching second grade, doing First Communion and Reconciliation, and really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm a big believer that change is good, and when you make changes, it helps you to be challenged and grow. So I made a move to fifth grade and taught fifth grade's for nine years, and then got a master's in renewable energy for teachers through the University of Toledo and a National Science Foundation grant, um, and was blessed to be able to be part of the team that put on professional development for teachers that were in our um, grade band and within the Diocese of Toledo as a part of the cohort teaching group to share out what we learned and really enjoyed doing the teaching the teachers side. So it was a chance to make that transition from teaching the kids to teaching the teachers. And that first year after I graduated from the master's program, I taught middle school science. So that was another shift. Um, Knew that there was going to be a teacher leaving and science positions can be difficult to fill. And so um, shifted up knowing that with my new information, I would have a lot of fun taking on that new challenge. So second grade, middle school, and now teaching teachers. Um, That's a vast array of of students that you have um, that's been part of your your career in Catholic education. So can you tell us a little bit about um, a moment, or or maybe it's a couple moments, um, that have been most impactful or most meaningful to you um, since you've been working in uh, this this crazy world of Catholic education? Sure. So my degree was not education as an undergrad. And so I think I came to teaching um, from the very beginning with a little different perspective. I am a big believer in getting students um, involved and hands-on and giving them experiences. So um, some of the things that I've done through the years with uh, starting a Mary Garden and, you know, adding a rain garden initiative to that and, you know, doing pieces with flowers versus vegetables and doing whatever I could to get the kids out and, you know, get them dirty, get them and really involved in what they're doing so they get excited about science, they want to learn more and Um, I think science is one of those ways that we can engage kids in other topics as well, bringing in the math, and and it makes reading the stories a little bit more fun when everything's kind of connected. So I always have enjoyed doing that part of the teaching experience. Last night at dinner, my son James, who is a preschooler at uh, Holy Trinity, um, told everyone the story um, about his day where they were outside um, and they found a frog. 
and it was the highlight of his day, maybe even the week, um, because he found a frog and the whole class was there and they named the frog. I forget what they named the frog now, but, um, it's been, it was a highlight for him. And it's amazing to see how like God's creation really does excite, um, our young people and, and even our older people. Um, but it's, it's, um, certainly part of, um, I think a full education or a whole education or holistic education. And so maybe, um, that that's a great lead into, um, another topic that, that I'd like to, to bring up and have you uh, share on, which is like, so what are you spending your time on this year? Um, Obviously, obviously, you and I have talked about this, but I think it's in, important to share with um, the people who are listening that, um, like, we're excited about um, implementing or or um, re-engaging um, um, what we do in the classroom um, with a connection to the world. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about where you've been spending some of your time recently? Yeah, sure. So, I mentioned kind of my. Um interest in the out of doors and doing things with nature. And, and a big part of that for me as a teacher has always been finding ways to connect our Catholic identity with whatever else we're teaching. And so I had opportunities to find out the kids really love it when they can, you know, do things that are um, include, whether it's field trips or, you know, a project where they can do some kind of a service project that stems out of it. Um, so when I did my master's, I did a full year project with my school on can we make our school greener? So we did everything from, you know, adding a different twist to our garden to doing energy audits for the school and learning about climate change. And so when I made the shift uh, six years ago to this position as coordinator of instruction, I had an opportunity to kind of bring that piece of my educational philosophy in um, into my role. And the team that I work with on a quarterly basis is a group of teachers that is a cross-representation from the diocese. Um, this year, we have about 30 teachers in the group. Um, they are, this year, it's between um, third and eighth grade teachers with the main emphasis on middle school curriculum and working with them to develop a stream fair. So if you're familiar with the acronym for STEM, for science, technology, engineering, and math, when you add A to it, you add the arts, and when you add R, we get to add religion. So for me, um, it was a way for us to kind of connect in some big events that are coming up this year. So knowing that I've already been... Um, looking into and bringing guest speakers in to the life team over the last three years about learning about the Pope's encyclical on Laudato Si, Care for Creation. Um, I was looking for a way to take it to another level, to dig a little deeper. It's been added to the um, full practice of our faith in our social justice teachings, the Laudato Si piece. So I was hoping that if we did a stream piece and we could do an initiative that starts at the middle school level, maybe we would um, bring it down to other grade levels, but really focus on one grade band that we could help work through the whole process, that we would kick off by learning about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And um, these are goals that were set by the United Nations to hopefully try to reach by 2020. They're big, really big pieces. They include ending poverty and um, hunger, clean water and sanitation. And there were several of the topics out of the 17 that were really good fits for our middle school. So if we're talking end hunger, maybe a school or a grade level could do a project about starting gardens and they're working on um, food for the food pantry for the parish. Or maybe they're talking about reducing 
food waste in their cafeteria or composting. And then that becomes a piece of the life on land where they're helping to take care of God's creation. So that brings in the global perspective. And what I was really hoping was with the Catholic identity piece to connect with our Catholic social justice themes. So we're using three different pieces, springboarding off of the United Nations development goals, connecting with our Catholic identity through the social justice themes, and then bringing in the engineering design process. So for students in the classroom, it's a great way for them um, to learn about failure, that it's not only okay to fail, but it's a good thing to be failing in processes where you're doing things like trying to create something new, because oftentimes you learn big big pieces of what does and doesn't work in order to make it better. And um, so doing the engineering design process brings the E into the stream piece. And there's a lot of measurement involved with math, um, data collection, and similar to a science fair that it takes a chunk of time to progress to the end product where they share out. Um, but different in the respect that usually those are individually produced, maybe with a partner, whereas a, whereas an engineering design process is as a team. And I think it's, um, I like the fact that I think it feels like it's a little bit more real world, that, you know, we have to work together in groups. And there's a lot you learn when you work in groups um, about yourself and how your talents, where your talents lie and, and also where you can grow. It's it's an initiative that I'm particularly excited about Um and so I remember our, our having a conversation, I think maybe last winter, um, and, and we were talking about like, what's a way that we can um, help um, our schools and our teachers and therefore students um, uh, be excited um, and kind, kind of call to the forefront um, that faith and reason go together, right? That they're not right. these two separate things that mm-hmm. sometimes I think um, culture and society tried to divorce, but, mm-hmm. but faith and reason really, um, like they're, they're married together in a sense, right? That, that together they help us understand how the world, um, was created, uh, or how God created the world, um, mm-hmm. and we live in it. Um, Absolutely. and so, so to me, like, this is like an ultimate way where we get to, um, show students how to learn. Mm-hmm. We show them how to live out their faith and how in everything that they do, regardless of um, kind of the genre of their life, mm-hmm. that um, our faith is present in it. And um, I think these are, it's so exciting um, as a parent with students in Catholic schools that this these are the initiatives that we're, we're working on. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, like how, how does a, um, maybe from a micro level first, how does a teacher kind of start out with introducing a topic like this and then take us to where we're hoping to be in the spring, which is um, a symposium, right? That's right. that's the ultimate goal. Right. And uh, one of the things that I'm really excited about and, and my extra push for doing it this year is that it's the 50th anniversary of Earth Day on April 22nd. So this spring coming up gave us kind of an extra um, incentive to try to put something in place that we could really share out some of the good things that we're doing in our schools. It's also the fifth anniversary for Laudato Si, the Pope's encyclical coming out. So partnering those two pieces together, it's a nice way to be able to celebrate as a diocese and within our schools. 
Um, so what I do when I when I do my planning for these meetings is I try to have us model what it would be like in the classroom. So you know, starting out with some you know doing some community builders because if you're going to work in teams, you got to be able to get along and understand each other and and know each other a little bit. Um, showing them resources. So doing that through Google Classrooms where I you know can put things in by topics, um, and also creating a Google site that is you know a website where they're able to go to resources and share them out and find things easily. So it's not um, teachers never have enough time. So do some things that help them to, to save some of that time. So for example, um, a STEM piece that we did when we were together yesterday was we did a three tower challenge. So essentially with things that you would have pulled out of the recycle, you know, some paper towel tubes, some cardboard boxes from cereal boxes, toilet paper tubes, and, and um, then some string, some tape, uh, measuring, you know, a couple, couple different things for measuring tools, like measuring tapes or some rulers and things. They were given the challenge to build three different types of towers in 30 minutes as a team using the engineering design process. So one tower was supposed to be a monopole, one was supposed to be a guide or cabled tower, and then the third one was supposed to be a freestanding tower. So as a team, they had to come up with what those designs would look like. Um, I shared a site with them, Teach Engineering, that's through Colorado University that had some video clips and things like that. So they, so it was a quick, a really quick research piece that goes into that background, learning about towers, and then as a team coming up with some designs and then actually building them. And then they had to test them to see if they could hold an egg for 15 seconds. So, <laughs> so that was a part of the fun, I think, for the, for the teachers. Were these hard-boiled eggs or these were raw eggs? And... They actually were hard-boiled, but I didn't tell them ahead of time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did have baby wipes and Clorox wipes handy. Just in case. And yeah. we didn't have any, any catastrophes. We didn't have any. So all the towers, yeah, they, they held the eggs? And I think that there are one or two. Yeah, they all did in the end. Everybody had towers that worked. There were a couple that, as we said, um, they had to make some adjustments to, which is a big piece of the engineering process, is that redesign, what worked, and how could I make it a little stronger, a little more stable. So it was fun to see. It's such a that's such an important part of education. Um, so like so, s some people know that my my father was a football coach, and I I love football. I coach football and was a walk on um, in college, and like like I remember vividly like when we would lose, right? When you lose a game, like and so in a sense, mm -hmm. like you fail, right? You failed that mm -hmm. that competition how much you learn from a failure, right? right. Remember one sure. game in particular, we went through and we listed out um, 16 or 17 like different uh, times when if, if a certain person had made a different decision or mm -hmm. had, had, you know, just done something a little bit differently, the outcome of that play would have been drastically different. Mm -hmm. And how important it is for us to, number one, encourage our students to fail mm -hmm. and number two give them a space to fail where maybe a grade isn't directly related to you know oh i messed up and learned from it but mm -hmm. now i have an f in the class right that we have mm -hmm. we give them a space to fail mm -hmm. and i think these types of um uh, how we're leading our teachers and and therefore how our teachers are leading in the classrooms like these are moments where our students are really learning right mm -hmm. they right. they try something they have an idea and they fail miserably and, and mm -hmm. they get to retry it and learn from what their mistake was. And what a great part of the mm -hmm. learning process that, that this type of um, uh, project and this type of, um, I guess, way of thinking through a project creates, right? Right.
Yeah, and I one of the things I did to try to connect with that was I showed a couple of clips. So the Apollo 13 clip of, you know, failure is not an option, but also the fit the round peg into the square hole and how they had to dump a whole pile of stuff. Here's what they have in the LEM. What can you do to make this work to help them survive, to get them home? So showing them clips and using examples that they can then bring back to their class and use to, you know, do that thing to really hook the kids to get them to want to dig in a little deeper and try one more time. Well, so we're speaking with Peggy Real, um, and Peggy is a, a team member of the Department of Catholic Education. Uh, she works primarily with um, with helping to teach our teachers, um, both veteran and new to uh, their vocation, Catholic education. So, our goal our goal is to at the end of the spring. Um, or, or beginning of the spring, is to have a symposium. Maybe just t- tell us a little bit about that idea for the symposium. Very good. So we're hoping that all the schools that are participating in the LIFE team this year would um, would send some of their entries to join us. We have the gym at Rosary Cathedral Reserve for April 22nd, so we can celebrate actually on Earth Day with a symposium for them to share out some of their student work on how they have put their faith into action by designing something that could help to resolve one of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Peggy, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us and and being part of um, this initiative, but also um, just an incredible uh, leader for our schools and our teachers. And we're excited for all these initiatives and best of luck for um, the spring symposium. Thank you. I'm excited for the teachers who've taken the time to jump in and and dedicate some of their time to develop it with me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Catholic Ed Talks. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be sharing stories about Catholic schools. Our Lady, Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us.